God is so good. God is so good. Is God good? Do you guys believe that? Is God good today? Come on. Man, I love those moments. Maybe you're new at church, you're new to God, but those moments where you stand up and you get prayed over by people, gosh, I'm telling you, that's where I've seen more of the miraculous is in those moments at our home or out in public or in moments like that than during a sermon. Or So I just want to encourage you, take advantage of those. We're going to create more of those, but sorry, getting ahead of myself. Welcome to Faith Promise. We're so excited that you're here. Uh, we're honored that you've chosen to be uh, with us. We're so excited about what God is doing in and through you and what he's going to do to us and through us because of our time together. I just want to take a moment. This week was hard for some people. You got some bad news. You went through some hard circumstances. No matter where you are, no matter where, you, where you've been, no matter what's been done to you or what you've done, God loves you and we love you. No matter what you think about yourself, no matter what your fear is, whatever your anxiety is, your depression, your challenge, God believes in you and we believe in you. Faith promise, do we believe in God's people and God's promises? We do, we do, we do. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thrilled about our time. Listen, we're going to read some challenging parts of Scripture, but we don't hide from any truth that God has for us. So we just need to take a moment and prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts. So let's just pray for some humility. God, we come before you right now, and that's what we pray for. We pray for humility. God, we pray for open eyes. You say uh, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so, God, I just pray uh, that we would have a revelation of your reality today. Not our reality. God, you are God, so you get to set the reality. You get to set the parameters. You get to set our course of our life and the loot of our life. And so, God, we love you. We're surrendered to you. We have high expectation for you today. Whatever you say, we will obey. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome live across the state of Tennessee, all of our campuses. If you're online watching us live, let us know in the chats where you're at, where you're watching from. We're thrilled that you're with us. God behind bars. It's just going to be a great, great day. Now, I'm, I'm a bit of a weird person. I know that, okay? You know, if, if you're going to be weird like me, it's best just to know that you're weird, okay? And so there's something that happens to me every once in a while, but I bet it happens to you too. Sometimes you hear something or you see something or experience something and it just impacts you so deeply that it starts a daily habit or at least a very consistent habit in your life. Let me give you a couple examples from my life, okay, and I'm, I'm going to trust you guys. We're going to be in the trust tree here, okay, be vulnerable with you. Um, there's a leader in my life that I really like. His name is Craig Rochelle. He pastors one of the largest churches in America. He's really fit, right? He, he's a leadership nerd, like we could be besties, okay? I love this guy so much. Well, three years ago, he's talking about compounding habits. And every year, you're supposed to add, add a habit to your life. It's the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. Only once a month, they're sure. I would encourage you. It would really equip you to win your world. But I'm listening. And he says that he's, one, of the, one of the habits he started one year was flossing. He started flossing. Now, at that time, three or four years ago, I would floss. Well, that's a loose term. The dentist would floss for me, you know, once a year or so. And listen, listen, you and I, I know we're all going to act like I'm the only one that wasn't flossing. Liars. But 
If you don't floss and you go to the dentist, it is a bloodbath. My dentist is sitting right over here. We don't need to look at each other. And this is what it feels like, right, whenever you don't floss. And they're like, is that barbed wire in my mouth? Come on. Um, but either way, I, it's just so weird. I'm listening to that podcast. Bam. I, I floss every day now. You're welcome. I floss every day now, right? It, I don't know why. I was told my whole life you should floss. And it just hit me that day. There's another time. Uh, something like that happened. It just changed my life. Um, and some of you guys know this habit I have, but I'm going to tell you why I have it. In eighth grade, something happened, changed me forever. Now, what I'm about to say, I do not condone, okay? Sometimes I tell stories and I'm not clear enough with the, you know, I do not condone what I'm about to say happened. Me, my brother and sister, we were good kids, um, but, you know, we had this form of rebellion. We would play this game where we all had, there, there was a, a cuss word uh, that we would say, um, but here's how we would say it, is it would go my sister, my brother, and then me. And we would say the word, and whoever said it next had to say it a little louder than the other person said it. And whoever, we had to progress to get louder, and whoever got caught got in trouble. But my brother is a spaz, so he always lost, okay? But either way, so we would do that. And for some reason, I, I, we, weren't, we obviously weren't allowed to cuss in our house, get in trouble for all that. But it became a habit in my life because we were playing with it. We were, we were doing that. Well, I, fast forward to school, okay? I'm in eighth grade. I'm at school. And I'm very intentional at, about, at school. I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm a Christian at school. Like, I'm trying to win my ward. I'm trying to win people to Jesus. Like, that really matters to me. And the most important thing about me, even at that stage in my life. Well, I'm at my locker, and I'm getting something at my locker. I'll never forget it. This girl comes and jumps up on my back. Like, I fall into my locker. Her name was Nicole Coakley. She jumped on my back, and I yelled that word, Shoot! Right? And I'm telling the whole, the, it, it, it was upstairs, Carnes Middle School, and just, it's quiet. And I walked into science class, and I'm telling you, by the time we got out of that class, it was just like wildfire. Zach yelled a cuss word, Zach yelled this. And I remember, I remember that feeling in my life, and I said, I'm never saying it. I, no matter if I stub my toe, everybody else is asleep. If, if, if I have the worst pain in the world of stepping on a Lego, like no matter what happens to me, if I'm retelling a story, I, 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 the reason is because I felt it. Zach, did you really say that? Zach, did this, this. And I felt the dichotomy that people were wrestling with between what I said and who I said that I was. Now, you can't find that word in the people who don't come up to me in the lobby or send me an email. Well, that word's not in the Bible, whatever. Yeah, but it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. And so I was like, I'm, I'm going to have that habit. I'm just, if, if there's a chance that I could be at a table with just my friends and we're talking and everybody there knows me so I can talk that way and they know my heart, but this person doesn't. And the waitress doesn't, I'm not going to do it. So I, for some reason, it just, it just like went through my heart. Never going to do it. So that way, and, and I have a hard time drawing lines, obviously. So if I get excited up here, I don't need those coming out. All right. So I started that habit. I pray that we have one of those experiences today. I believe that we are going to hit an action step an application, an equipping step today that if you will add it to your life, it will change the trajectory of your life and puts you on course to win your world, which is the purpose God has given you. But I have a question. 
Do we believe that God can transform us no matter where we are? Do we, do, do, I'll ask you, do we believe that God can transform us no matter where we are? Yes, yeah, so me, I'll call my dad, and he and I'll be talking, and sometimes we just can't help it. It happened today. I called to tell him something. I have a 10-minute drive, and then he's finishing his quiet time, so he starts preaching to me about what the Lord told him, and I'm like, I'm not going to let him outdo me. So the whole 10-minute ride, we're preaching to each other, right? Well, one of the things in those moments we talk about that bums us out, it bums us out is when we talk to people about the best times in their walk with God, it's whenever they were a kid. The most miracles they saw or the revelation they got from the Lord was when they were in students. And that's just crazy. I, the, the best parts of my marriage was not my honeymoon. Absolutely not, right? We, <laughs> it wasn't, okay? It's now, right? And it's going forward. And that was so much self-control, which you just saw right there. You're so welcome, okay? You're so welcome. My wife's backstage. I have to go look her in the eyes. Moving on. Listen, no matter where you are, God will bring transformation, power, and freedom if you will let him. And that's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. Come on, it's going to be a great day. So we're in a series right now where we're checking the receipts and asking ourselves hard questions. Like, what's the loot of our life? What's our life's loot? We've asked ourselves, am I storing up loot that lasts? We've also asked, do I love money more than God and people? And not just with our lips, but with our lives. What does our life say? What are the receipts? Check out. So this week, we're going to keep on crunching the numbers, and we're going to look for breaks in the budget, and we are going to look for lies that would confuse the loot of our lives. Now, if we're not careful, this is a place, 100%, where the devil will isolate us away and he will rob us blind before we even know it by trying to make this a private matter. Like, we shared some stats last week that blew me away, but just to remind us, right, more Americans would rather discuss politics and death which are virtually the same thing. No, I'm just, I'm just, just a total joke, right? They would rather discuss politics or death than finances. Listen, that's a ploy of the enemy to get us out of, not to talk about this, not to bring it into the light so that we can have a discussion around freedom. Another one, in 2022, more Americans Googled how to be rich than how to be smart, right? We're putting the cart before the horse there. The devil has built us the same lie around the loot of our life that he has around our faith. And this is what he's told us. The enemy tells us that our faith is a our faith and finances are private matters. It's none of people's business. Don't need to talk about it. God says that faith and finance are public matters. Way different. Way different. But, and I'm going to show us in God's word. Listen, this is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Let's let God set our reality. Maybe you've heard of a guy named Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff, and I won't tell you the whole story, but if you remember that name, he's someone that robbed people blind. And in 2008, they found out that this guy, Bernie Madoff, had, had stolen 12 to $20 billion for people. Billion with a B, billion dollars, right? He, he was sentenced, I think, to 115 years in prison. He died in prison. But the reason I bring that up 
when he was reflecting on the mistakes that he had made and the robbery that he had done, this is what he said. He said, it certainly never was my intention for this to happen. We've all been there, right? We've done stuff. We didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. But here's what he said. I thought I could work my way out of a temporary situation, but it kept getting worse and worse. And I didn't have the courage to admit what I had done. This is a big deal. At the end, you look at somebody who stole $20 billion and you think, what a dirtbag, what a thief. I can't believe he would do that. But he didn't realize until it was too late the trajectory he was on. Can we be humble enough and come before the Lord today and say, God, are there places where I don't know I'm on the way to crashing my life and the lives of those around me? Would we be willing to say, Lord, I don't want to wait till it's too late. I want to know now how I can completely honor you. Because the challenge and the loot of our life, it's happening to people every day. And listen, that's not just, I'm not guessing here. The average household in America has $96,000 in debt. Not like house debt, credit card debt, cars, things like that. $96,000 worth of debt. I know that the enemy is killing us through the loot of our lives because money is one of the leading causes of divorce. Money causes four out of every 10 divorces. And then listen, and listen, this isn't guilt. Let's just, let's let God set our parameters here. Divorce cascades down into so many other challenging consequences. Higher incident for diseases, worse mental health outcomes, lower life expectancy, lower academic outcome for kids, and so much more. Listen, and I'm not saying the Lord's not a redeemer. I'm not saying the Lord will not bring absolute peace and prosperity to your relationship if you'll surrender it to him. But I am saying when we live outside of God's design, there's death out there, right? And just while we're talking about marriage, before we go on, do not miss the marriage conference. Tonight it, tonight at midnight, registration closes, but I'm telling you, we're gonna see the miraculous, happily married, engaged, struggling, fighting for your marriage. Do not miss it. It, it is going to be, I'm telling you, it's gonna be a piece of heaven. Your marriage is never gonna be the same. So we're gonna jump into God's word. We're gonna get really practical after we look at this moment in history that God uh, has for us. But what we're going to do today is we're, we're going we're gonna to find a habit that, again, will change our trajectory. Just a reminder, because this is so counter-cultural, that the enemy tells us that our faith and our finances are private matters, but God says that faith and finance are public matters. So we're going to look at a time in history when Jesus had just went to heaven and he has sent the Holy Spirit to be our, our, our comforter, our empowerer, right? And so that people could start the church, the same church that we are a part of today. And so we're going to look in Acts, okay? So Acts is so important because Acts really tells the beginning of the history of the church. And so you can see how the church handles conflict. You can see how the church handles growth. You can even see how the church handles the loot of their lives and finances. So if you have your Bible or if you want to go on your app, 
We're going to be in Acts chapter 4 and go into verse 5. Can I just give you a heads up. Today is not like a warm, fuzzy, fat, naked angel baby passage, okay? All right, but we can handle it. But so, so let's just get into it and let God set uh, the reality. So the, I'm going to start in Acts chapter 4, verse 36. And it says, all believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They never lost focus on that. It wasn't about an election. It it was about the resurrection and the salvation of Jesus Christ. And, and, And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now, if this passage makes you nervous that I'm going to ask you to sell all your stuff and join a commune with me, you can breathe easy, okay? The three kids that I have takes all the Christianity in me, okay? So I don't need your kids there either. And some of you dads look like you're the kind of dad that doesn't close their robe all the way. And so I just can't deal with that in my life. A, a dad caught me in the lobby and said, I don't even have a robe. And I said, God in heaven, right? God, God, no, I'm just joking. But, well, he did say that, but I said what I said in my head. God, let's keep on going, guys, okay? So Luke... Luke is the author of Acts, and what he's communicating in this passage is that Christians had stuff. They had houses, they had had things, but they did not consider it as private or personal property. How they considered it is when they gave their life to Christ, their life to Christ, it wasn't one hour every week, but it was their life their relationships, their property, their possessions, their identity, their view of success. He said that we give them all of that. So what Luke is wanting us to see here is not that you have to go and put everything on Facebook Marketplace and then bring it all next week. He's saying to hold your hand open with everything that you have, your money, your relationships, your future, your success. Listen, it's, it, it is so much easier, can we just be honest? If you hold your hand open, it is easier for God to take things out of your hand. That's totally true. But it's also easier for him to put things in your hand. And, amen? Right, man? So th- that's what we want to do. And I know this is crazy and it's so countercultural, but we want to live by kingdom culture, God's culture, not the world's culture. Listen, you will be so much more successful and prosperous with an open hand than a closed hand. Listen, a loose hand equals more loot in God's economy because you're letting him have control. So we're going to keep on going to the end of Acts chapter 4, and it says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, this is important. Barnabas gave before there was a need. When's the last time we gave before there was a need? Just because God prompted us. Barnabas gives before there's a call to give. When was the last time we were proactive and we gave just because we know it's time to give? I got paid, now it's time for me to do this. Barnabas gives to the church here without being asked. When was the last time we were looking to build into eternal loot 
more than something else that we had temporal in our lives. This kind of generosity was common in the early church. It's one of the reasons why it exploded in growth despite persecution. You think, I love you, I promise. I, I, and, and honestly, I'm going to step on your toes worse, so let's go ahead and say it. If you think it's hard to be a Christian right now, in this time, Emperor Nero was putting Christians in glass cages on the street and lighting them on fire so that people could see where they were going. And you get a negative comment on your post, you're not going to post anymore? Right? Listen, listen, this, this, but I, I, the reason I say that, it, it's not to beat you up. I say that because the generosity I'm about to describe the church have, but also I'm going to show you how the enemy was trying to pull people away with the loot of their lives, with money, even in this time. So it keeps on going. This is in Luke chapter, or sorry, Acts chapter 5, verse 1. It said, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property, just like Barnabas did, right? With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest to the apostles' feet. So, so it looks like he did the same thing from the outside. This wealthy couple was doing the same thing Barnabas did. But just like we saw Bernie Madoff had an inside job going, so did they. Something very different is going on in the hands and the hearts of Ananias and Sapphira. And so we're going to see that as, as we keep on going whenever we, we, we see what just the, the, the discourse that goes on between Ananias and the church, right? But I want us to see that the scheme, what happens here, it robs God of the full sacrifice. It robs the church of the offering. And listen, Ananias... It, the, the husband here is robbed of so much more than the value of a property. It says this in verse 3. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? See, it's not the fact that he didn't give all of the money. It's the fact that the money had corrupted his heart and he was willing to lie about it. He was willing to deceive for it. He was willing to, hey, it's not about an offering. It's about looking a certain way. It's about feeling a certain way. It's not about honoring God. And P Peter is so broken. And he says, what made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to human beings, but to God. And how many of us Whenever we, it comes to loot in our life, we're just think, we just think we're dealing with us or our family. Listen, if you're a Christian, God is involved in what you do with the loot of your life. Listen, it says verse 5, when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Great fear seized all who heard what had happened. And then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. Ananias pays far too high of a price. But before we judge him, right, before we say, oh, I can't believe it, have we ever made a poor financial decision? Maybe one we're still paying for. Maybe it didn't lead to death or bankruptcy, but did it, did it kill a marriage? Did it kill a relationship? Did it bury a dream? What stuff in your life are you paying too high of a price for? 
Are, are, are we willing to keep choosing things over contentment? Are we willing to choose, uh, choose things over peace of mind? Are we prepared to put things in front of our spouse, our family, or our God-given purpose? Listen, you can read the rest for yourself. I, I need to make sure we get to our application for today. But listen, after this happened, his wife comes in, Sapphira comes in, and, and she repeats the same story, doubling down on her husband's mistake. And she dies too. Can I just tell you, listen, listen, if you're in a household and you're, you're making financial decisions together, it matters how you lead. Very rarely does a sin only affect the sinner. Very rarely does the sin only affect the sinner. And you know what? I, let, let's just say that I'm the only man like this in the room. That I, I, I am, I'm, I'm the primary breadwinner of our home, but Rachel handles all the stuff like where, where the finances go. And we make the budget together, but then she, she administrates all of that. I have to lead my wife well. I don't look and see how tight it might or might not be. But if I don't lead my wife while I complain and all this kind of stuff, and then she starts pulling back on we give generously, and I try to blame her one day, even though it was my lack of leadership and my lack of faith and my lack of staying on top of it, I, don't th I, don't, I just don't think that's going to float with the Lord. It so matters. But listen, that's what the enemy does even within a household. He makes us want to think and say and feel and believe that finances and faith are a private matter. It's just, listen, he's robbing us blind. What stuff in your life are you doubling down on despite knowing better? Listen, I'm going to skip ahead because I actually want to, I want to spend more time on our application for today. This week, uh, we, if, if you go through Next Steps and you join a winning team, which means you're serving, you get this deck of culture cards. Um, it just builds this win your world culture. If you've never done Next Steps, tonight, come on, come to our campuses at 6 o'clock. We'll get you plugged in. But every, every uh, week there's a culture card. And the verse on the culture card this week is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. And it, it's in Proverbs 29, uh, and it's verse 18. Now, on the, on the screen... It's going to have the verse, but I'm going to put in there, because different translations have a they, they, little bit different words in there. So in 18, uh, 29, 18, it says, where there is no revelation, some translations say vision. Where there is no revelation or vision, right? It says people cast off restraint. Something else, another way it words it is cast off restraint or run wild or perish without revelation or vision. People cast off restraint, they perish, they run wild, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdoms or the Lord's instruction. That's what this verse says. And listen, we are seeing this verse play out in our world. The, the, how I know that is the average household, $96,000 in debt. That sounds like running wild to me, doesn't it? And that debt is, is driving people to desperation. And desperation will cause us, to, cause us to cast off restraint. Listen, I love you, but can we, can we just be real at church? I read this week that OnlyFans 
which, again, I'm, I apologize, but we should have these conversations in our home. If you don't know what OnlyFans is, it's the personalization of pornography where people can build followings and people can follow and subscribe to that person. They're selling their body and selling what God gave them. And that industry in America is a over a $2 billion industry. I read this week that over 90% of the subscribers are married. Sounds like running wild and casting off for strength to me. Selling themselves to make ends meet or the loot that the world has to offer. The verse also says that people will perish. You know that 132 people a day in America kill themselves? You know, while we're in service today, five people will take their life. Here's my question. I'm not a doom and gloom guy. Those statistics, they, they do not make me want to go hide under a rock and say, woe is me. Please, Lord, come back before another one dies. It makes me say, God, what are Christians looking at? What do we see? What is the loot of our life daily? What is the loot of our life? What do you get up and look for? Listen, this week, because everybody needs this, if you'll subscribe to our newsletter and social media, we'll give you three very practical financial tools. But in our time together right here and right now, can we just look and ask ourselves, what loot are we looking at daily? What, like, if you shop for, you buy a red car, you see them everywhere, what are you getting up and looking for? If you feel really negative and you feel like all you do is gossip and politics are going to kill us, is that all you look for is Fox and CNN and all that? Is that what you look for? If you, gosh, I can't be pure. Well, do you scroll through social media and see those half-naked people and wonder why you can't stop masturbating and why you can't stop, stop doing these things? What you look at is what you end up loving. Here's what I want to ask us to do. Here's what I want to ask us to do. I'm going to ask us to read Proverbs 29, 18. And I'm going to ask us to ask God, what do you want me to see in my life today? What do you want me to see in my life today? Listen, you think about that passage. I, and I'm I, I just, gosh, this passage wrecked me this week. Where there is no vision from God's people, there will be victims. Where there is no vision from God's people, there will, you don't want your kids to be victims. The honor roll is not as important as them getting visions from God right? Where there is no vision, there will be victims. And if you find yourself, like I do sometimes, living as a victim, it's because I'm not living by God's vision. They can't exist together. Victimhood breathes the air of no vision from the Lord. But being a conqueror and more than a conqueror and a world winner breathes the air of vision from the Lord. What is fueling your life? Something else I saw in this passage says where there is no revelation. Listen, where there is no revelation, there is no realization of who God is or who you are in God. And we and our kids, students, your friends and your schools, we need revelation from the Lord and a realization of who we are and who he's called us to be. We desperately need it. So how are we going to apply this to our life? Because this is not just for me. I know I'm excited. This is not just for me. How are you going to change the loot that you look for? 
the loot that you're looking for every day. I want you to put Proverbs 29, 18 and the word vision wherever you're looking. So it may be on your mirror whenever you're, whenever you're, whenever you're, uh, you're, you're getting dressed, you brush your teeth, a sticky note. Proverbs 29, 18, vision. I want you to put it where you look. Maybe it's, maybe it's on your windshield or uh, uh, right there on, on your rearview mirror. Proverbs 29, 18, vision. Maybe it's on the thing that gets most of your, 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 uh, your, your eyeball time anyway. Maybe it needs to be the background. And listen, here's, here's why I want to make sure that we're doing this. Can I just tell you about loot that really matters? I, I just want to make sure that we, we know this. Is this just so that Faith Promise can pay their bills and do that stuff? No, we can do all that stuff. But there are cities and places that don't have a life-giving church. And I don't know about you, I don't sleep good at night knowing that there's not people in that community trying to win their world. Let me tell you about the loot that we're after. This is a story we got. We share a story every weekend. Ashlyn Moore is seven years old and, and an epi kid at our Blunt campus. She loves church, and her family does too. She goes home and draws pictures of winning her world. There's one big difference between Ashlyn and other seven-year-olds. Ashlyn is deaf and requires an interpreter. She doesn't let that hinder her involvement in group or in worship. She's always wearing a smile and is so filled with joy. On, uh, in April of 2022, Ashlyn's mom, Lacey, was baptized. It was a beautiful scene to witness. Lacey's in the water, signing to Ashlyn what she's doing and why she's doing it. And last month, we held our very first Kid Step. Kid Steps is, is a class we do so that kids understand the decision that they're making to follow Jesus. We held our very first Kid Step with an interpreter. And we had two kids attend, including Ashlyn. Neither of them made decisions for Jesus in the room, but both went home to talk more with their parents. And I love this. This last week, Ashlyn told her parents that she was ready to ask Jesus into her heart, and her parents led her through that salvation decision. She will be baptized soon, and what's her biggest concern now? She wants to make sure that her four-year-old brother, Camden, gets Jesus in his heart too. This is the loot that we're after, Faith Promise. Amen. This is the loot that we're after. And God allows us to be a part. Listen, maybe... Right now, you can't wrap your head around looking for eternal loot because you don't know that you've been bought with a price. You don't know that Jesus came and died on the cross to specifically pay for your sins so that we could have a relationship with God. You and me, we're not perfect. We're broken and we're sinners. God is perfect. Something had to pay the price. Something had to bridge the gap. And Jesus' sacrifice on the cross did that. And if you're ready to accept that sacrifice from Jesus and start a relationship with God, we would love nothing more than to do that with you right now. So if you would, would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? If you've never prayed before, if you've never, you're about to ask Jesus in your heart, we're going to do it all together as a family. Let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I know I've sinned, but I know you came to pay for my sin. I could never pay that debt of myself. So you paid it for me. I will live for you because you died for me. Be Lord of my life. 
with heads still bowed and eyes still closed. If you, if you made that decision to follow Christ today, would you just raise your hand? We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to do anything crazy. You just raise your hand. We just want to put a little uh, material in your hand. Uh, we just want to walk with you. Just raise your hand high. Be bold. Awesome. Awesome. Praise God. God is so good. That's so good. Awesome. Faith promise. Can we celebrate people who gave their life to Christ today? Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, guys, I saw at least one hand that you did get something put in. Uh, find, find somebody in the lobby that looks like they know what they're doing, okay, and we, we want to walk with you. Or you can tap that novelty thing in front of you, and, and, and we'll follow up with you today. But, hey, we're about to respond. We said today that we're going to have humble hearts. We're going to respond right now. And, I, listen, I believe that everybody in the room, including myself, everybody in the room, in the room that you're in, across the state of Tennessee, needs to evaluate the loot you're looking for. You don't get to set it. God does. When's the last time you allowed him to set it? And whatever he had to say, you would obey. Will you stand? Let's pray and respond. God, we come before you right now, and we just want to ask, Lord, whatever you have to say, we will obey. Whatever you have to say, we will obey. God, we love you. We are surrendered. God, we want to be like Barnabas and not like Ananias and Sapphira. God, our faith and our finances are public matters that are surrendered to you. And so, God, some of us need to come forward with our prayer teams and pray. Some of us need to kneel at our seat. Some of us need to grab our spouse's hand or our friend's hand and pray together. But, God, whatever you have to say, we would obey. God, that will lead us to revival. That will lead us to breakthrough. God, whatever you have to say, let us obey. We love you. We love you. You are God in our life. You set what matters most. In your name we pray. Amen. As the Holy Spirit prompts you, let's respond.